I decided to be a little bit lazy. If you've listened to our special that really that we released uh, a couple days ago in connection with uh, the Front Row Network, and I think you're going to like this, then you already know this question. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I drew a blank and I was like, we'll roll with it. So my question for Pickett and Matt tonight, what is your geek New Year's resolution? Um, I will start first. And while I want to say that my geek New Year's resolution is to finish the Harry Potter series, uh, because, you know, I've promised that for, what, six and a half years now? Is that how long we've been doing this podcast? Yeah, about that. Um, Really, my geek New Year's resolution is just to get caught up on my to-read list. Uh, It's ridiculous. Um, uh, Yeah, to to steal the spotlight for a couple more seconds, the type of person that I am, um, I am, so I'm in Fort Wayne for a few weeks for work. And I decided to bring, you know, some books and some graphic novels with me um, because I was like, well, I'm going to be here. So, you know, like I'm literally the only person that I know in this city. So I'm going to have a lot of, you know, free time on my hands. So I have brought, you know, some books, some graphic novels. Uh, What have I done while I'm here? That's right. Bought more books, more graphic novels, more comic books. Uh, Guys, I have a problem. This this should be an intervention. (laughs) Um, I'm going to leave my own intervention. That's that's just where I'm at right now. Um, Pickett, what is your geek New Year's resolution? Before I even go there, Mitch, I care about you, and I'm here for you. Just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> um, no, my my geek New Year's resolution is to get back into theaters a lot more um, to see some movies. Uh, I've been watching. I've been spoiled with the, the pandemic and watching movies at home, um, and uh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've even gone as far as to actually pick up popcorn from the movie theater just to come home and watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I got to get back out to the movie theaters, guys. That is fantastic, Pickett. Um, and I mean, obviously, you can do that because you did that. But like, what? Like, what did the people at the front counter like say? Like, listen, I, I have a very, very healthy relationship with all the people I frequently visit. So there were no questions asked. (laughs) That's fair. fair. (laughs) Matt, what is your geek New Year's resolution? Um, I kind of have two. Um, One is, um, and this is kind of a joint thing for both Tabitha and I, is that last year we decided we were going to spend time. um, Obviously, we read a ton of books between the two of us, but we decided last year that we were going to spend more time watching movies. Because there's so many movies out there that we just hadn't taken the time to sit and watch um so we kept a list and we managed to watch new and ones that we've seen before we'd see we watched something like 80 movies last year um so this year we well our goal was originally one a week so we were going for 52 so we exceeded that um but this year we are switching gears and we are going to try and take that time we spent on movies to watch more of those ever-growing list of tv shows that you never get to finish whether it's witcher season two or lock and key that we wanted to watch and haven't done um i were like halfway through record development you know any any number of things that we probably should have watched and haven't yet so um and then secondary is that um i am gonna put this out there for everybody 
uh, is that I am going to try and finish the draft of my novel this year. So. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Like, so if you do, and you know, like, you know, once, once your novel gets, you know, closer to, you know, being released or whatever, I'm, I'm going to have you on as a, you know, part of the artist alley. I'm just letting you know that right now. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I'll accept. Now, will you also stay for the whole show or you peace out after? <laughs> I'll probably peace out part of the way through. Yeah. Fair enough. That's fair. That's fair. You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. So we have uh, a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, the first thing that I want to discuss, um, I initially was going to throw this in gut reaction, but I decided to lead off with this. Um, so uh, the movie starring Jared Leto's abs, um, a.k.a. Morbius, uh, has been pushed back again, uh, this time to April 1st. Uh, this time, however, uh, the villain is the Omicron Surge. Uh, Morbius was originally supposed to be released in July of 2020. Um, I also, I saw on Facebook and like, obviously I didn't believe this for a second because A, they did such a good job of like hiding Andrew Garfield in No Way Home that there's, there's absolutely no way that they're going to spoil this. But like, I saw some people on Facebook posting like, like this meme or whatever saying that like the reason that Morbius has been pushed back again is because uh, they're adding some scenes with Andrew Garfield and Spider-Man. I'm like, no, they're not. No, no they're not. Come on. Uh. <laughs> but like, I don't know, guys, like I wasn't super interested in Morbius to begin with. And I realized that the majority, if not all of the times it's been delayed has been because of COVID. But like every time it's been delayed, I have less and less interest in this movie it's well, not officially I, been pushed back more times than new mutants i i just think the setting's up for a big april fool's joke it's not gonna happen <laughs> oh man i what, what would a morbius april fool's joke be <laughs> no the, the april He's fool's the- joke is just the fact that everybody's so excited about this movie it's just not happening Oh, the April Fool! Like you're gonna go to theaters and you're gonna be like, just kidding. This movie's not happening. Here's your money back. Jared Leto no longer has a six pack. He has a dad bod. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Aww. He had he had too much uh he had too much blood. No, he's full. <laughs> I was gonna use another term, but it was. <laughs> less than savory i mean we're among friends here and i'm sure worse has been said on this pod in gore jesus (laughs) (laughs) so moving on (laughs) um moving on uh we have a couple of books for the poll list this week uh the first one is called We Ride Titans. Um, that one's going to be real fun to say. Um, 
just letting you all know that I'm, I'm probably going to mess that up again. Um, but anyway, it is out January 12th from Vault. Uh, it's written by Trace Dean with art by Sebastian Paris. Uh, so with her brother, uh, who is a pilot for a Titan that protects New Hyperion from Kaiju. Uh, so when he gets uh, sidelined, it's up to Kit Hobbs to follow in the family business. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I loved this book. Um, it sets up a lot of plot points for the series as a whole. And between alcoholism, uh, family estrangement, and a bunch of other things, um, Titans and Kaiju aren't the only heavy things in this book. Uh, but that said, you know, this is not just, you know, family drama. Um, if you want Titans fighting Kaiju, uh, there's plenty of that. Um, and I just, I really like this. And I just, I'm, I'm excited for more. I want to know why Kit is so estranged from her family. Um, but yeah, I just, I really, really, really enjoyed this first issue. Uh, Pickett, what did you think? So um, this, this is my first blind uh, real blind comic read. I didn't know what I was getting to whatsoever. Uh, and I enjoyed the crap out of it. It was, a, it was a really quick read, even for me. And I read real slow. So that says something. Um, the artwork was amazing. Uh, I just really got into the story from the artwork in itself. Uh, and the story was really catching. I was really, uh, I was hooked. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens next. Matt, what about you? Uh, so when I first started this, I'm not going to lie, I was like, oh, great. We're just getting a rehashing of Pacific Rim. Like, <laughs> I was like, well, are we going to get anything new here? And then you get a couple pages in, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is a vault title. So there are some heavy topics. There's going to be some serious plot points. And it took a turn that I was not really expecting, and I'm really glad that it did. Um, because even after the couple pages that first battle scene you get like you said mitch all of these these plot points and all of these heavy topics that they're going to broach throughout this series and i'm like okay yeah now i now i want to know i want to get to know these characters i want to see not just the family dynamic but i want to see everything unfold so again well done vault for uh giving us something we really didn't expect in a package that we thought we knew we were getting. Uh, also on sale January 12th, uh, this time from Oni Press, is Petrograd. It's written by Philip uh, Jalot with art by Tyler Crook. Uh, so in the middle of World War I, uh, Cleary is a British intelligence, op intelligence officer in Petrograd, uh, Russia's capital. However, Rumors are going around that the Tsar's advisor, Rasputin, is uh, trying to convince the Tsar uh, to make peace with Germany. Now Cleary is tasked with the responsibility of ending that influence by any means necessary. Um, I wanted to give this a fairer shake than I did. And to be completely honest, I, I would like to go back and revisit this comic uh, or this graphic novel, I guess I should say. Um, but that said, like this, like the art with this, the coloring, it has a lot of dark tones. Uh, it has a lot of like dual chromatic panels that just, it made it really hard for me to get invested and to get involved in the story. Um, I almost, and you all know how I feel about black and white comics, but I almost would have mm -hmm. preferred just black and white over, you know, over this kind of like, it, it would flip between orange and red and orange and black, you know. 
Um, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't my style and I just, I could not get invested into it. Um, Matt, what did you think of it? Um, I don't know much about this part of history and reading the little introduction at the beginning, you do realize that the spy is completely fabricated. The story is real um, in a lot of points, but the, like the Cleary himself has been fabricated for this story for purposes of the plot. Um, but um, the, it, to me, it's just really interesting. Like I am only about halfway through and I plan on going back and finishing it. Um, and it was a little slow going early on. Um, but then right before halfway, there is the plot to murder Rasputin and things don't go necessarily as planned um, as they start to develop this plot. And it just, at that point, like, I that was when I got hooked. Now I'm like, if I hadn't fallen asleep last night with it in my lap, I would have finished it. Um, but I was just beat from being at work all day. So um, I I don't know. The I I do have to agree with you, Mitch. As far as the art goes, though, I would have either enjoyed black and white or coloring. The almost monochromatic or the like the 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 two color thing that they had going it was just not it. The artwork didn't didn't hook me um but art style like the characters are well drawn i like the the buildings and the backgrounds and things i just don't really care for the coloration um so i don't know i, I mean i'm definitely going to go back and finish this because even though i kind of have an idea based on history how this story ends um i do want to see how it unfolds um and the other thing i will say is that um Tabitha, who is not feeling well, is downstairs sleeping on the couch, um, finished this in record time. Um, this is 100% her jam. Like, she started it not knowing what she was really getting for. And um, she turned around and was like, she was going to do something else. And she's like, no, I'm going to go sit on the couch and I'm going to finish this right now. So she just <laughs> tore through the whole thing. Um, go ahead and uh, wake Tabitha up so that uh, she can give her, you know, give her review on it too. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> do what I can do. Yeah, she, <laughs> she would kill you and me. And yes. Pickett, which Pickett had absolutely nothing to do with this. <laughs> I witnessed Guilt it, by... though. I knew it happened, so I'm, I'm, I get it. I understand. <laughs> Guilt by association. Right, right. All right, guys. Uh, let's get into some gut reaction. Oof reaction and uh we are starting tonight with uh on a little bit of a somber note so on new year's eve uh the world lost betty white um which um i don't know if i if i ended up being the one to break the news to you guys but like the second i found out like my first reaction was to text you know like our to go to our group chat and let you all know like guys betty white's gone i'm really sad but um, that said, uh, Tidal Wave Productions is releasing a 30-page comic as part of their tribute series to honor the Golden Girl. Uh, tribute Betty White will be available January 12th digitally and in print. 100% um, giving this a thumbs up. Um, I have read a couple other uh, Tidal Wave comics. Um, they do a lot of comics based on real people. Um, they actually have 
uh, they had one on Barack Obama. And I have a copy of that signed by the author of, of that particular comic. So anyway, um, so I, I say all that just because I, I know that, you know, they are going to tell Betty's story, you know, genuinely, and, it, and it'll be a good and entertaining story. So I cannot wait to get my hands on that. Matt, uh, where are you at? Um, I mean, anything to honor the life of Betty White, I think it's great. Um, I'm excited to see this and how it turns out. But, uh, you know, they'll do her justice as much as you can, because she is the definition of an icon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yeah, like I've been, um, you know, kind of like watching like some Golden Girls clips. And I watched like an episode on Hulu the other day. And it's just like, man, just like, it's just amazing how, you know, like how even back in like the eighties and, you know, early nineties, like just with the golden girls. And obviously she had like, by that time she was already an icon and everything, but just like, just to see something like that and just like how it's still like just genuinely funny. Um, just really just kind of warms my heart, you know? Yeah. And pick it. All right. Um, well, I give this a huge thumbs up. I mean, I, I love Betty White. Uh, as a matter of fact, we got a new puppy, and we uh, we named her uh, Beatrice, and we're going to call her Betty. Um, but uh, she'll be our little – yeah, she's adorable. <laughs> Anyways. Um, That's the real reason but, to uh, take yeah, a so quick break. <laughs> I, I wish that was the real reason. <laughs> so uh, we go from Betty White to um, – the devil in white city and Matt. Um, so Hulu is getting ready to a uh, to adapt the Eric Larson, the devil in the white city book. Um, and none other than Keanu Reeves is, um, being set to star. Um, if you don't know devil in the white city is the story of, well, it's a true story of two men, um, an architect and a serial killer um it's like your interaction um and how their fates are linked um with this the architect and the infamous uh hh holmes killer in chicago um so at this point if assuming keanu reeves does it it will be his first major u.s tv role he's only ever done movies so um it's been in product it's been in work since 2019 but um they're hoping that maybe with matrix matrix resurrections and everything else that keanu had going on that um his signing will help kind of jumpstart the uh the process here so um i this is one of those books that is on my tbr and has been for forever um I, I don't know. I think this could be really cool um, if done right and uh, with some, uh, I don't know, stylistic flair for the time. So I guess we'll see. But um, I'm right now going to just give it a thumb sideways until we see more about this. Okay. I'm also going thumb sideways. Um, uh, I mean, Keanu Reeves had a big year, um, but it was like, you know, a year f made for Keanu Reeves. You know, Bill and Ted and Matrix are just kind of his things. Uh, so I, 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 I'm, I'm hesitantly optimistic, so I'm going sideways. Yep. Uh, I'm also going to go thumb sideways. Uh, Devil in White City is has also been on my 
TBR forever. Uh, in fact, I remember I bought that book when I was working at Borders uh, because when I worked there, you know, part-time, a couple days a week, uh, most of my paycheck just went straight back to them. Um, but uh, it was one of those books that I bought and never got around to reading. I'm honestly not even 100% for sure that I still even own it. Uh, I know I did a purge um, last year, um, did a purge with a bunch of books and graphic novels and stuff and ended up giving them to, to Goodwill. And I don't remember if I gave up like, you know, like, oh, I'm never going to read this book and then gave it away. But all that aside, <laughs> Um, I'm still interested in this. Um, I would still like to read this book someday. Um, and I'm interested in the TV series. However, um, anything with Keanu Reeves, I'm automatically worried that it's going to turn into something with dealing with the death of a dog and I'm just not going to be here for it. So I'm giving it a mostly thumbs up, but a partial thumb sideways just because of the Johnny or the, uh, the John Wick stank on it. <laughs> so I am borrowing. Yes. Ooh, do we do we have a title for tonight's episode? Yes, I think we do. John Wick stank. <laughs> so <laughs> I am borrowing the Baby Yoda news desk from Tabitha tonight. Um, as you know, as we've kind of alluded to a couple times tonight, Tabitha is ill. Um, and some of the stories that she has um, given to us, uh, I took over. This is not one of them. This was completely my own, but it's fine. It is what it is. Um, but Hasbro is no stranger to doing a crossover of Mr. Potato Head and a number of pop culture icons. Uh, this time, we are seeing the world's most famous spud uh, suit up as the Yam DeLorean. Um, complete with his own version of Baby Yoda, a.k.a. The Tot. Um, the Yam DeLorean and the <laughs> Tot set will be released in February for $15.99. Um, 1,000% thumbs up on this. Um, like, I need this in my life. Um, I'm probably going to either stalk Walmart or if I get like an actual firm on sale date i'll be one of those you know how like oh hey like it's the playstation 5 i'm gonna stand in games you know in line at gamestop for three days that'll be me at walmart for the yam delorean matt i love everything about this including the name that's just i yam delorean i can't i can't get over that this is awesome thumbs up pick it also hard thumbs up on that uh i i was sold Add the name. Uh, so before the name, take all of my money. Just take it now. <laughs> like, and he'll go good because I already have a uh, Darth Vader, Mister Potato Head, called Darth Tater. So That's... he'll go. He'll go really well right next to them. So like, I cannot wait. <laughs> oh my god! I'm looking at the pictures of this right now, and it's just. Let me see. Turn it around. It's it's epic. There's there is one where the tot has stolen one of the Yam DeLorean's ears, and it's wonderful. <laughs> oh my! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, I'm gonna have uh, estimated delivery date is February. That's all it says. Yeah. So I will be. Uh, 
I'll just be at Walmart every day in February. It's fine. It's fine. I'm. Hey, folks, drop the hint to my wife uh, for Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> We're all adjusted adults here. It's fine. So, um, so moving on, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's personal library is being auctioned off um, from January 19th through the 27th. Uh, the Library of the Late Supreme Court Justice includes law books annotated by uh, RBG, as well as books signed by Gloria Steinem and Toni Morrison. Uh, the auction comes after paperbacks were donated to prison libraries, music books were donated to uh, the Washington National Opera, and family members claimed books that they wanted. Um, 100% giving this a thumbs up. Um, you know, it's still... RBG, you know, like losing her is kind of like, you know, kind of in the same vein as like, you know, losing Betty White. Um, it was like something that like, obviously, like we weren't super, super shocked because, you know, they weren't young. But still, like when they passed, you know, it was just like, man, that really, really sucks. Um, but it's also really cool to hear that, you know, before this auction, um, you know, that a lot of the books had already been donated to other really, really, really good causes. So um, definite thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, I just have to echo that. I think that's great. One, that this is happening. And two, that, you know, the books were like, that her family got a pick of what they wanted and a number, like a large number of them were donated to other fantastic organizations. And then now what's left is, is going to be, used for this and i think that's just great this is i don't know this would be an opportunity to literally own a piece of history if you really want to so thumbs up pick it yeah it's still a thumbs up i, I echo everything you guys said without actually echoing time but uh i i think this is really cool these books aren't going to be just put in like a warehouse somewhere and stored away uh and to me that's a big thing you know, getting this stuff out uh, and and you know, sharing uh, with the world, if you will. Yeah. Um, I probably should see a if I did end up um, giving away my copy of Devil in White City, and if I did, I should see if RBG owned a copy of that book, and then I can just buy it back for probably like at least ten times more than I initially spent on it. At least. <laughs> maybe it's got her handwritten notes in it, though. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> So um, normally we would talk about this next story in trailer takedown, but uh, it was the only trailer that we, that anybody brought up. So I didn't even bother talking about it. So Matt, let's discuss archive 81. Um, so archive 81 is a new horror series in the Netflix um, by executive producer and director um james wan um who has done so many amazing horror movies conjuring malignant um i, I don't know he, his list goes on and on um and he is tackling a retro kind of um tv series um it's about spooky vhs tapes and this trailer looks looks awesome um i'm definitely in for this i cannot wait um it's been announced since 
2020, end of end of 2020. Um, and we are going to be getting it as of January 14th already. So sign me up. I'm ready. Thumbs up. Okay. Uh, yeah, big thumbs up. I love the horror stuff that's been coming out of Netflix this last year. We had Fear Street that was amazing. Um, and just the names attached to this uh, and after, you know, what James Wan has done, that's a, that's a pretty big name to put onto a series that's going to be on Netflix. I'm pretty excited about it. So thumbs up. Um, I was ready to give this a thumbs down because I'm going to be honest with you. The, the trailer really didn't do much for me. Um, in fact, like there's one scene where like, I don't know, like what a hand's coming out of a TV or something like that. I'm like, what is this? The ring? Um, but, uh, but now knowing that it's being directed by James Wan, who, um, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, the only movie that I know for sure that I saw that he directed was Aquaman, but like, I, I really liked Aquaman. And if, if you, if you get me to enjoy anything starring Aquaman, um, I think that at least deserves a thumb sideways. So we'll see. <laughs> and maybe we can see Aquaman on um, Blockbuster's possible new streaming service. <clears throat> so Blockbuster DAO, which um, I didn't know this, stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization, is a new social media handle that is trying to raise $5 million in an effort to purchase the Blockbuster video IP from Dish Network. Uh, the plan is to rebuild Blockbuster as a streaming service. Uh, Dish bought Blockbuster in 2011 for $320 million, so $5 million might not cut it. Um, and But if you want to be a part of it, uh, you can buy a Blockbuster DAO NFT Mint for... 0.13 e each um i'm giving this a thumbs down a um i'll be real honest with you i don't understand the words that came out of my mouth during that last sentence um <laughs> b um don't give me hope uh, trying to raise five million dollars for something that somebody bought for over 300 million dollars um, yeah, they, that ain't going to cut it. They, they, it ain't going to work, you know? Um, and see, I realize that we are far beyond the days of a video rental store. Um, it'd be silly to reopen a rental, like a video rental store, um, in 2022, but like, I don't want to see Blockbuster as a streaming service. I want to see Blockbuster as a brick and mortar movie store that's what i want and i'm never going to get that and so just quit playing games with my heart matt um i am shocked and appalled that they spent 320 million dollars to purchase this to begin with and the fact that it's might not be worth five million now it's worth more than five million now just seems absurd to me because i, I mean i just blockbuster I don't know. I, I, I don't. It definitely doesn't need to be a streaming service. We've got enough of those. What kind of original, what kind of content are you going to have? Everybody's got everything locked down and or creating their own. So thumbs down. Yeah. And besides, like, even if, you know, you were to, you know, have Blockbuster <laughs> as a streaming service, Dish would have done that already, you know? Yeah. But anyway, pick it. Um, yeah, no, thumbs down. Uh, they're trying to cash in on this nostalgia cash cow. 
Uh, and uh, this is just not the way to do it. Um, I'm much like Mitch, uh, much like Mitch. That could be a show. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Anyways. Um, but uh, much like Mitch, I would rather see Blockbuster open up as an actual brick and mortar. I, I don't want another streaming service. Uh, much like, <laughs> as Mitch said, you know, what original content could they have? $5 million might buy the name, but it's not going to buy a studio to produce anything. You're not going to have any money to produce stuff. You're not going to have any money to, uh, uh, it's just, it's, it's, uh, I, I say no, hands down, thumbs down, all the down. Uh, Matt, let's uh, talk about some Legos. Um, so I didn't know that this was a thing, but as of um, January 1st, over 100 new Lego sets are available. Um, I guess they do this on a regular basis. Like every year they announce and release a whole bunch of them um, on the first of the year. Um, there are some awesome looking sets that are now available, including a Hoth AT-AT, um, the defensive Hoth, there is um, an Ahsoka Brickhead. Uh, Sonic has got a new set. Uh, as they've done some of the Mario sets. Now they've got a Sonic one, which is the Green Hill Zone. New Luigi's Mansion. Um, the, of course, they've got some of the high-end ones, like the Ford Mustang, Shelby GT500. Um, there's a couple of new Spider-Man sets. Um, there's a bunch available for the Lunar New Year, some new city sets. And um, also there's like a Harry Potter trunk, which has all of the houses like on the trunk to go along with the different characters. Looks pretty awesome. Um, like I said, I didn't know that they released these essentially annually, but uh, there's some cool ones out there. So you check out Lego's website and uh, see what's available. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to give this a thumbs up because I'm always in for building more Legos, even even now. I love Legos. I love Legos. But I'm going to give this thumbs down. Let me tell you why. You see the cost of some of that stuff? It's insane. You know how much it costs to build Legos anymore? It's like ridiculous. You can get a tiny little set. My, my daughter walked up to me at Walmart. He said, hey, let me get this. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Let me look at this. Like, how much is this thing? Oh, I don't know. It's like, you know, $50. $50 for this? No, no, <laughs> thumbs down. But no, I, I'm kidding. Thumbs up because I do love Legos. Uh, I, I think it's really cool. They do every year. I didn't know that either. Um, and, uh, I, I, am a kid. I love Legos. It's like my favorite thing. One of my favorite toys ever. The thumbs up. Um, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head though, Pickett. Um, Legos can be super pricey. Um, I also love Legos. Uh, but like one of the reasons why I don't really collect them or anything like that is because they are so pricey. Uh, that said though, um, you did make my ears perk when you said Sonic, um, Oddly enough, you made my ears perk more with Sonic than you did with Spider-Man. Um, probably because there are already like a bazillion Spider-Man sets. Uh, but yeah. to my knowledge, there haven't been any Sonic the Hedgehog sets. So um, I yeah. think this is the first one. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting. Um, I might have to shell out the, I don't know, however many golden rings I'd have to pay to get that. But uh, <laughs> uh, you want a fun tidbit about Lego real quick while we're on the subject? Yeah. Um, Lego is the uh, largest tire producer in the entire world. Yeah, I can see that. That's yeah, they produce more rubber tires than any other company in the entire world. So there you go. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So last year, X-Men conducted a poll to see who would uh, be the final member of the new X-Men roster uh, with Polaris winning that vote. Um, Marvel's Twitter on, uh, I believe it was New Year's Day, uh, teased the return of the X-Men vote, but no other details other than that the polls will open soon. Um, Thumbs up. I love, even though like it's weird, uh, I love when comic book companies do these kinds of polls and things but i never participate in them it's it's weird i should i'd like to but i just don't uh but that said uh that's really fun and i'm i'm excited for it so thumbs up matt uh i think this is great i love that they're doing this i love they did this last year i think it's a great way to get the fan base actually involved and to feel like they have a say um in the stuff that they're reading and the stuff that they support. So huge thumbs up for that. Pick it. Yeah. Um, ditto. You guys said thumbs up because it's just, it's neat to have a, have a voice in something like your favorite fandom or something like that. You know, it's fun. Yeah. So this story and I probably could unpack a lot more than I did with this story. Cause if I'm going to be real honest, I, uh, was kind of rushing to finish up but logan paul which you guys know who logan paul is sadly yes yeah uh youtube like quote-unquote celebrity uh dabbled in some boxing which is you know that's real cute but whatever uh so he recently bought a set of first edition pokemon trading card game base set cards for 3.5 million dollars um However, many collectors have speculated that the cards are actually fake. Um, Some Mm. red flags include uh, the eBay seller that he bought it from um, having almost no reviews and also the fact that something that valuable wouldn't be on eBay. It would have been put into the hands of like an auction house or a trusted seller or something like that. yeah, there, there are other red flags, but those were a couple of the, the really big ones that I noticed. Um, I feel like a bad human being for saying this because, like, I shouldn't uh, feel joy at the misfortune of others, but I'm, I'm feeling real big schadenfreude uh, with this. I'm loving the fact that Logan Paul, even though he still, I mean, $3.5 million probably was like the price of a Kit Kat, you know, with what he has. But um, the fact that he lost $3.5 million just brings me so much joy. So I'm giving this a huge thumbs up. Matt. Oh, I have to echo that. That's great. Um, He's, I know that he's had success in his whole boxing thing, but the whole aura that he just perpetuates just drives me insane. So the fact that he got taken for a chump, thumbs up. Take it. Look, I'm a little, I, I, I'm going to give this a, a thumbs up, but I'm kind of torn because this is the kind of stuff that my wife falls for. You don't, you don't, you don't buy stuff online like that. You, you don't find stuff online like that. It just doesn't happen. It's one of those, <laughs> my wife, hey, I'm thinking about buying this. I'm like, oh, what is, oh, it's just really cool, like outdoor furniture. It's like 50 bucks. And I'm like, come on, come on. <laughs> anyway. Pickett, if if your if your lovely wife 
says that she bought some first edition Pokemon cards. Um, <laughs> we're all going to have some issues. I'm just letting you know this right now. <laughs> <Damn. sighs> Uh, so we only have a couple of stories left um matt they are both yours um the first one which is it's the last story for gut reaction because i want to have more of a discussion with the other story uh but you have uh something else about nfts and now blockchains and like i already i still don't quite understand nfts don't try to make me understand blockchains but i guess try to make me understand blockchains I, I mean, I can't because I don't understand blockchains. Like, I didn't have time to look into blockchains, but I don't, like, I don't understand it. I don't. Like, NFTs, I kind of understand how they work. I don't. It doesn't make sense, but I get it. Blockchain, I don't. Um, but the president of Square Enix um, wrote a letter to fans celebrating the new year and was talking about some of the things that they are to expect from Square Enix during the next year. Um they announced plans to invest in AI, um, put more effort into the cloud. And then he went on for quite a while, apparently, about blockchain games. Um, he says that blockchain games will, quote, unquote, offer self-sustaining game. Oh, no, my notes say truth, and that's not the right word. I don't know what that was supposed to be. <laughs> um, but anyway, like, they... They're, they have something to do with digital tokens. Um, and so they, the blockchain games use this token economy, which I, again, I don't really understand. Um, but he thinks that games can, blockchain games can make more, make games more exciting and appeal to wider audiences. Um, in addition to possibly creating their own tokens for this economy slash game thing. I don't know. Maybe I'll take five minutes and try and figure out blockchain, but I probably doubt it because it just seems weird and complex. Um, I mean, thumbs up for doing new, cool, fun things, but hopefully everybody understands it so that they jump on board. Okay. Yeah, I, and I guess, yeah, thumbs up, cool stuff, new things. Like, you know, I'm, all, I'm all about the new stuff, you know, original things, but... Uh, uh, I don't get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm giving a thumbs up to again the the idea of like new new technology, I guess if you will, new things, whatever. Uh, I am giving a thumbs down, however, to the fact that like this is I'm assuming I guess my age showing because like Matt, I I understood all of the words that you said but I did not understand them in the order in which you said them. And that just makes me feel really old. <laughs> I mean, I didn't either. So when I said, <laughs> so Matt, like I said, you've also got our last story for the night. Um, earlier, we talked about a potential new streaming service uh, from Blockbuster. Uh, now we have a uh, new streaming service of a different kind um, from Taco Bell. Yep. Taco Bell is offering a subscription service for $10 a month. You can get one taco per day for 30 days. Yes. One taco every day for 30 days. It's called the taco lovers pass. Um, it's actually available starting today. Um, 
there are a whole bunch of taco options. Um, apparently this was tested in Tucson in like September of this past year. And um, the Doritos Loco Taco was the number one um, requested, I guess, taco for the taco of the day. So that's what you want to call it. Um, this all has to be done through Taco Bell's app. Um, so they're trying to build their reward system and their online customer presence and things like that. Um, basically, you go onto the app. It allows you to add your taco daily into your cart and then proceed with your purchase. Um, obviously, what they're hoping is that you're not going to go onto the app and buy a taco. You're going to, you know, buy a couple or a quesadilla or something else when you get your one taco that you spent $10 for 30 days on. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know, I guess, you know, $10, one taco a day, that's a lot of Taco Bell, but I mean, it's a good deal. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think you do have to buy something else. You can't just get the taco of the day and then be done with it. Correct. Um, it made it sound like you could kind of just do that, but they were hoping that you would obviously buy more. Okay. Um, hold on, let me check the... Well, wh while you're checking it, I mean, just to kind of finish up with my point, like, okay, so the tacos of the day, like, I don't ever eat Taco Bell, um, but, like, I would assume that the tacos of the day would normally be, like, maybe a dollar, maybe two, um, but if they're like dollar tacos, like you have to go to Taco Bell 10 times in a month to make this subscription service worth it. Um, also, you guys mm. didn't appreciate. Bitch, I've been known to go to Taco Bell 10 times in one day. <laughs> <laughs> also, you guys didn't appreciate that I called Taco Bell, this whole Taco Bell thing, a streaming service. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Kind of, kind of what Taco Bell will do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it doesn't look like you actually have to buy anything else once you have purchased the Taco Lovers Pass. Okay. Okay. You can then, just add, you can add your daily taco to your order slash cart and proceed. Um, like I said, they're hoping that that's not the only thing you put in your cart when you go and get your daily taco. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Cause kind of what I, the, the point that I was kind of getting at was like, you know, like hashtag not sponsored, but like I had the same kind of thing with Panera, like with, they have like a coffee club where I can like, and it's mm -hmm. actually, it's even better than that. Like, cause I can go in and get like, I think it's even like every two hours I can go to Panera and get a coffee. So like that one, I could, if I wanted to pay for it, you know, in, in just that one day, but, um, but like I can just order a coffee and be done with it. Uh, that said, more often than not, I also will get like either lunch or a bagel or, you know, whatever. Um, so if it's kind of more along those lines, I guess I can kind of see it a little bit more like, oh, hey, I'll just go get my, my free taco and go on with my day. But like, I don't know. I just, that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, 
so I, I have some thoughts. Like, if they're willing to do some things, I'll, I'll bite. Now, if my $10 a month buys me 30 tacos, yeah, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, if that $10 a month buys me 30 tacos and I can get those 30 tacos whenever I want, or even in increments of like, you know, two or five, I, I would be a little more down. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't see myself going every single day. Yeah, you're not going to be able to barter with Taco yeah, Bell. I think it's just. <laughs> <laughs> nice no, try. I can try. <laughs> Gosh. Ha- haggling with the poor Taco Bell cashier who, like, did not <laughs> sign up for this. They did not sign up to deal with you, Picket. <laughs> well, listen, when they run out of mild sauce, they catch my wrath. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Taco Bell, I, I feel like you're doing too much, Taco Bell. But maybe if I was the type of person to eat up eat Taco Bell more often, maybe I'd be here for it. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of work to go to Taco Bell every day for a taco. Right. And I guess, I mean, maybe if you live or work near Taco Bell. I guess it's it'd be more worth it. I mean, I guess I do kind of live close-ish to a Taco Bell, but not really that close. Um, and again, hashtag not sponsored, but like Panera is real close to my work. So I can usually just go in and be like, one iced coffee, please. Thank you. And then go on about <laughs> my day. Um, so yeah, so I guess maybe if I, maybe if I, maybe if there was a Taco Bell right next to Smoky Bones, maybe I would do that. You feel like you'd be like cheating on your your restaurant by no. going to Taco Bell? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm cheating on my restaurant when I go to another barbecue place. You kidding me? That's fair. Yeah. So, <laughs> so be- be- before I talk too much more smack about Spunky Bones, um, <laughs> that is going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, be sure to check us out on social media. Uh, we'll be posting stuff throughout the week. While you're there, uh, give us some feedback. Tell us what cool stuff we're listening out on. Listening out on? Missing out on. Yep. Both. <laughs> or both. Yeah, you're right. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at the Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Everybody, say bye. Bye. bye.